Star Wars 7x7 bonus episode. Well, it's not the day that we've been looking forward to, but it is a day that we have certainly been looking forward to. It's official. The trailer has finally been released, and we're here breaking it down shot by shot for you. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, I'm Amy Rackliff from Full of Sith, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and if you're new to the podcast and catching this bonus episode, we are the only daily Star Wars podcast, generally broadcasting seven minutes a day, seven days a week. We are Destiny Unleashed. And today, of course, we have a regular seven-minute episode that is being released at 3 a.m. Eastern Time, as it usually is, but we are going to upload this one just as quick as we can to have that first reaction on the new trailer for Star Wars, the last and final trailer that we are going to get. Supposedly so. That's not to say that we're not going to get any additional footage here and there, because heaven knows Lucasfilm is like that. But this is uh, the last big chunk that we're supposed to be getting prior to The Force Awakens. And they have answered a couple of questions, maybe, and they've also given rise to a lot more of them, so... Here we go. Let's look at it piece by piece, and we're going to have sound clips and everything interspersed in here for your enjoyment as well. So we open up with Rey, and we know already that Rey is a scavenger on the world of Jakku, and we get a few establishing shots here of her actually at her scavenging work inside, presumably, a crashed Star Destroyer on the surface of Jakku. And it's here where we get the first voiceover, which is this. Who are you? which is followed momentarily by this response. I'm no one. Now, the first voice is Maz Kanata. That's Lupita Nyong'o's character in The Force Awakens. And the second voice is Rey. That's Daisy Ridley's character. And in the trailer, the voiceover of her saying, I'm no one, comes with her walking off into the Jakku sunset with BB-8 trailing behind her. This is a very kind of Luke Skywalker-ish, echoing, establishing shot of Rey's life scavenging on Jakku, very much like Luke's life scavenging on Tatooine, for sure. And it's followed up with a couple of shots that, now, you can't necessarily trust the people who make trailers because it's just not always in chronological order, but it certainly seems like this one flows naturally, I guess, with a ship flying off in the distance, heading spaceward, and Daisy sitting under a tent, looking off wistfully into the distance, possibly looking off at that ship, taking off spaceward, and the clear implication is that she wishes she were on a ship like that. She wishes she were heading off into some other life. Then we cut to a brief shot of Starkiller Base, and it's another angle on a shot that we've seen a few times before. This is the massed troops listening to General Hux delivering a speech, and we hear quiet little echoes of that speech, but we can't really hear anything of what Hux is actually saying in it. And all the troops are facing Hux. They are not turned toward us like they do in one of the teaser trailers. And from there, we have Finn's first voiceover. I was raised to do one thing. But I've got nothing to fight for. 
Okay, so this happens while Finn is taking off his helmet, and this is a different shot from the shot of him taking off his helmet in the second teaser trailer. It's a little calmer than that other one, and does not seem like he has been in the midst of something traumatic, or at least overly traumatic, but he certainly doesn't look happy at what he's doing. And then it switches to a shot of a TIE fighter that has been hit and damaged and is spiraling down to the surface of Jakku. Or it is in space and you can see a Star Destroyer in the background. And then the perspective switches as it's spinning and flying and you see that it is heading toward Jakku. This is a Special Forces TIE fighter because you can see the red stripe on the cockpit of it. And he's talking about not having anything to fight for as it falls down through space. And then it cuts to him cresting the rise, Finn walking up the rise of a hill and looking out at a small village. And this, of course, is very strongly reminiscent of Obi-Wan and Luke and R2 and 3PO looking down over Mos Eisley's spaceport before they actually go into it. So more echoes of Star Wars A New Hope. And now... I had had an exchange briefly with Mike Klima, who's the guy who authored the Star Wars Ring Theory, about how all of the different Star Wars stories are intertwined in ways that we still don't even necessarily understand, but that he is uh, parsing out through um, chiasmus and stories repeating themselves over time, which is a whole other discussion. But I have a feeling that he is probably looking at that very closely and noting uh, some of the echoings of Star Wars A New Hope and trying to figure out how, if the ring theory is really true, and if Lucas's influence is actually coming through in any of the material here, uh, whether this is going to play into what he's been doing with um or what he's been doing and what jj abrams ultimately did with the force awakens all right now things are going to start getting tense because we've got our first shot at kylo ren he is looking out viewports of something very imperially star destroyer it's got the trapezoidal windows stacked and we've got our first official lens flare thank you jj abrams <laughs> <laughs> we got lens flare in the trailer. I guess technically it's not really the first lens flare. There's a little bit of it on Ray's headlamp when she's scavenging, but eh, I'm not inclined to do it that way. There's something bright and lens flarey, bright red outside those windows, and it does make me wonder if this has anything to do with a space-based view of Starkiller Base and its weapon being activated because that is pretty bright and pretty unusual for any sort of light to be admitted anywhere. It's not a sun, it's not an engine, so I wonder what it could be. But we get a look at Kylo Ren's mask without the hood on it and a voiceover from him, and here's what he has to say. Nothing will stand in our way. I will finish what you started. And before we take off on the meaning of this and what's happening in the scenes, can we just have a round of applause for John Williams, who has the music immediately turning almost funereal all the music that has been slowly quietly developing underneath the shots of ray and of finn to suddenly build it to a more orchestral feel and to turn it into a darker sort of march to it wow gosh the master is at work and we are so lucky to have him along for the ride but let's talk about kylo Shall we? First of all, the two lines, nothing will stand in our way and I will finish what you started. 
Again, we have to remind, <laughs> I have to remind myself, but we have to remind you that trailers get edited together, so he may not be saying those things concurrently in the movie. But we hear the nothing will stand in our way line is while we're looking at his mask, and then we hear the um, finish what you started line with him looking at the mangled and melted remains of Darth Vader's helmet and a little bit of... <sighs> breathing in the background and i'm sure there are some people who will jump on that and say that's it we're getting darth vader in the movie and uh, i would hesitate to jump to that conclusion just like i would have hesitated to jump to it back in april when we had the sound effect in the second teaser trailer there will be some people who will say yeah we're gonna get him in flashback i you know it's never happened in a star wars movie that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen in a star wars movie maybe it'll happen in something like you know rogue one or the young han solo movie but uh flashback in a star wars uh skywalker saga movie not really buying it and i don't know if they really even need to do it but there you go people are are amped for the possibility that Darth Vader, like Wolverine and Spider-Man, will be brought into this one as well. Like, they'll stick him into anything they possibly can to make it more popular. I think, quite honestly, they're doing just fine with the mangled and melted helmet, and the memory of him, I think they will do just fine with that if they don't bother bringing him in physically into the movie. Then we see Kylo Ren with Poe, and he's got his hand either on or near Poe's forehead, and Poe does not look like he's in very good condition at all. He looks like he is being tortured to some degree, and this immediately cuts to a shot of trees being blasted, a whole forest being blasted, which we don't get much more of. Like We just get that brief shot and then it immediately cuts to more footage of the Millennium Falcon flying around Jakku, flying around all the wrecked starships and being chased by TIE fighters and whatnot. And now we get a really interesting line from Ray. There are stories about what happened. Uh, it is so hard not to read into this any deeper than we should because, of course, the music that you're hearing underneath Ray's voice is the love theme from The Empire Strikes Back. It is the Han Solo and the Princess music. And, of course, since we are all wondering about what Ray's last name is or who her parents are, it seems like we should be easily reading into this that maybe she has something to do with Han Solo and Princess Leia. And she's not alone when she's saying something about their stories. Here's who's responding to her. It's true. All of it. Yes, indeed. That's none other than Han Solo. And we get to see him with Rey and Finn on the Millennium Falcon. And they are looking at a holographic projection of planets and whatnot. And he's telling him it's true. All the stories are true. And here is the curious thing about this exchange, because Ray saying there were stories about what happened suggests that it is not common knowledge what happened at the Battle of Endor and the overthrowing of the Emperor and Darth Vader's death. This stuff, uh, you know, is it not known? Out in the, I mean, here's, here's where we go. Out in the Outer Rim in Jakku, it is entirely possible that what's happened with the Empire and the Rebellion, the news didn't get out that far somehow. Now, 
I should freely admit that I have yet to read Lost Stars, the novel by Claudia Gray, which apparently does have some Jakku-based information in it. So there's a little hole in my knowledge there. But the fact that Ray is saying that she's heard stories about what happened suggests that, at the very least, Jakku is either out of the loop in terms of what's been going on with the major galactic powers, or she has been raised out of the loop and the news just isn't getting to Jakku or just isn't getting to her, it doesn't look like this is a a world that's controlled by the Empire or by the Resistance by any stretch of the imagination. It looks like it's a world on its own. But either way, there's a world that doesn't know about the fight with the Rebellion and the Empire or the Resistance and the First Order, depending on which set of factions you want to pick. But this is continuing a theme that we've been seeing start to develop in the comics and novels with the uh, Journey to the Force Awakens and even the mobile game Star Wars Uprising where a lot of the uh, the themes of the content have revolved around the propaganda and around the controlling of stories and knowledge and information in the galaxy with, uh, for example, the a Star Wars Uprising game where they slam down control and blockade off the Inuit sector to try and make sure that everybody in that sector doesn't know what happened to the Empire at the Battle of Endor. And there are multiple references to propaganda and Aftermath and Shattered Empire. Those are probably the two primary post-Return of the Jedi stories that we are getting right now. And we're supposed to be getting more soon, not just from (laughs) The Force Awakens itself, but also from additional uh, new universe materials, not expanded universe, new canon materials, I guess I should say, (laughs) to use the official phraseology. And then we get the Falcon kicking into hyperspace. That's the sound that you hear at the end of the sound clip that we had of Han there just a moment ago. Following that, we get the This Christmas thing showing up again. And... Yeah, why are they positioning it as a Christmas movie? I don't know why. That seems like that's a a very Oscar bait kind of situation that you position movies for release at Christmas because you want them to be considered for the Academy Awards. So it's kind of an unusual thing. I don't know. It's just something that occurred to me. But we get a cut right after that to seven figures standing in the rain. One of them appears to be Kylo Ren. He's the only one with a lightsaber activated. It looks like somebody has a paddle slung across his back. It looks like a giant vibro axe or something like that. But there are seven menacing figures standing in the rain, which is immediately followed by more footage of X-Wings flying across the lake. Now, this is a scene that we've seen twice, first in the first teaser and again in the second teaser from different angles, and now we are getting some more context to this scene. This is a scene that we've also actually seen a piece of in Vanity Fair, the scene where Captain Phasma is standing amidst some flaming wreckage with some stone building nearby her. This is the planet Takodana, T-A-K-O-D-A-N-A, which has been named in the StarWars.com databank as the home of unallied scoundrels led by Maz Kanata. And this is presumably the castle that we are seeing smoldering in ruins, and we've actually seen it before. We saw it in the the behind-the-scenes reel from San Diego Comic-Con, and we see ground forces from the First Order massing over the ruins as X-Wings come flying in from the lake to attack. And there are TIE fighters as well. 
which at this point, Han Solo says, The dark side. Now, why that bit of voiceover didn't actually get laid over the images of Kylo Ren and the supposed Knights of Ren is beyond me. I would have expected that to be right there, but hey, that's okay. But of course, we get the other side of that when we see the shot that we saw in a brief 15-second video that had been released on Twitter on Sunday of Finn and Poe seeing each other at the outdoor Greenham Conum, Greenham Common set. Try saying that five times fast. And over that scene, Han Solo says... A Jedi. And that one is very precisely timed. It's given right over the appearance of Finn in that shot. So... Whether we're supposed to make an implication about it, I mean, I think we are. And by the way, if you have any comments about the stuff that you saw in the trailer or anything about the commentary that you're listening to here that you just got to chime in about, you got a place for it. It's the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com. Then let's pick it up. We cut from Finn at Greenham Common to a dogfight over the lake at Takadana outside Maz Kanata's castle. And an X-Wing shoots down a TIE fighter. And the explosion gives way to a cut of another explosion on Jakku where Finn and Rey and BB-8 are on the run. And the giant explosion happens in front of them. They skid to a stop. We actually saw a rehearsal of this shot in the behind the scenes video from San Diego Comic Con and they were not in costume and they were I guess doing test explosions test explosions that's a pretty cool thing uh, don't know if this is a, a an enhanced explosion if that's possibly you know they had the explosion on set but then they did special effects stuff to make it even crazier I have a feeling they would do that don't you think they would probably do that <laughs> All right, so that scene gives way to a blinkin' you'll miss it scene, which is Han, Finn, Ray, and BB-8 walking into Maz Kanata's castle, or at least into the courtyard from it. And there is a red robot there, which I think I'm going to go out on a limb and guess is Emmy, who has been named in the Star Wars databank. That is M-E-8-D-9, a protocol droid that is often called upon to translate less than legal deals as described in the Star Wars databank. So we get a blacked out screen for a second after that, and then Han Solo says, They're real. Which rolls right into a shot that we saw in the second teaser trailer of what we presume to be Luke Skywalker putting his robot hand on R2-D2, and there are embers flying around in the air, which seem to, just the way it's cut, make it look like the following scene may be happening in the same place. I don't think it is, but it is a shot of Kylo Ren's command shuttle landing on a planet, and we've seen parts of this scene before where various flame troopers are going, torching villages and whatnot, and Captain Phasma is walking around. Now, this is our, I think this is our first time seeing Captain Phasma in this particular location, but we've seen Kylo Ren here before, and we get a shot that we saw in the second teaser trailer of him waving his broadsword around, and we're also going to get a shot of him doing that force move that we also saw in the second teaser trailer, too. But before that happens, we get a shot of Daisy Ridley looking up, and she is crying over what appears to be a person, and it appears that she is in the snowy forest scene. She has a bright light shining on her, but she appears to be weeping, and I'm gonna say it, it looks like she's weeping over a body. Who the body is, 
I can't tell, and it's really not apparent from the shot, but if she's crying over someone, this can't be a good thing at all. And it makes me wonder for the safety of even our main characters. Okay, so we're about to come to the end of the trailer, and the clips are going to get fast and furious as we get the last bit of voiceover and the dramatic score from John Williams reaches its peak. And just when you think it can't go higher, it does. But it starts out with Finn and Chewie and Han with their hands in the air at Maz Kanata's castle. They've been captured, but something is happening that is causing them to let their arms slowly drop as the voiceover from Maz Kanata says this. The Force. It's calling to you. We get the latter part of that voiceover with a shot of Poe in the cockpit, and this is not... See, this is an example of how... Trailers get cut not in chronological order. The first teaser that we got had this shot of Poe in the cockpit of his X-Wing. And now it looks like he is at Starkiller Base and having his dog fight in the air as opposed to the first teaser trailer where the shot of him in the cockpit was immediately followed by the X-Wings cruising across the surface of the lake on Takadana. So, yeah, not necessarily the same place, but we've got a little shot of BB-8 in the astromech slot in his X-Wing as well, which is kind of fun, and some great dogfight stuff happening over the surface of Starkiller Base. There's a long channel that is not a natural channel. It's a man-made channel channel in the ground and I gotta wonder if that's part of the whole Starkiller base uh, <laughs> crazy solar system destroying weapon that is part of the base or built into the base and yeah maybe there's not a traditional thermal exhaust port <laughs> but there's gotta be something that would help destroy that thing I would hope <laughs> some sort of Achilles heel. It's got to have that, right? <laughs> but you're not going to get much time to think about that because then the trailer immediately cuts to a bunch of stormtroopers filing out of a shuttle and they are already under fire. I'm guessing this is happening in that same scene that we saw earlier where uh, the village is being torched because it's it's dark and you've got the floodlights on and, I mean, no fire going yet, but seems like a likely bet. And we have an immediate cut then to Daisy Ridley to Ray in the forest in daytime. She's got a blaster and she is super unhappy and she is firing the blaster for all she is worth. Then you've got a quick cut back to Takadana and an X-Wing on a strafing run. And there's comically a stormtrooper flying in the air already. And another one is about to get blasted. And, you know, thinking back to the original trilogy, I don't remember any spaceships attacking ground troops in the way that we've seen in the Force Awakens stuff already. I mean, we had in the second teaser trailer the TIE fighter blasting the landing bay and a bunch of stormtroopers flying around there. Presumably, this is the same landing bay that then, I guess this is Finn in the controls of the TIE fighter. It's a Special Forces TIE fighter. And he's blasting the joint up. Presumably, this is the same landing bay that he then goes flying out of. The same Star Destroyer that we see in the distance in this Force Awakens trailer that he then gets uh, shot or smashed otherwise and spins out of control down to Jakku. While he's doing that whole, I was raised to do one thing, but I've got nothing to fight for voiceover. But we've got that uh, Takadana strafing run happening at this point in the trailer, followed immediately by... 
Kylo Ren's force move. I told you it was in here. <laughs> Same one we saw from the second teaser trailer. I think the background is a little bit lightened because you can see villagers in the background a lot more clearly than you could see it in the teaser trailer, I believe. And then from there, you've got a- another cut of the Millennium Falcon flying through spaceships and being pursued by TIE fighters on Jakku, followed quickly by another explosion. This into, well, let's see. First of all, let's talk about the windows. The windows are not your standard Imperial windows. They don't have that trapezoidal design. Although I was looking at the floor and there is one bit of flooring that's in front of one of the consoles that does have that sort of um, oblong, ovalish shape that uh, is lighted up the way some Imperial installations are. And there's also a mouse droid on the ground. <laughs> Poor mouse droid's about to get blown up as well. And I don't think I've ever seen a mouse droid in a Rebel installation. I'm not saying that they couldn't be there. It's certainly possible. It doesn't look like there are stormtroopers that are getting blown up in that scene. It's a little too fast a cut to see, but I'm guessing it is probably not an Imperial installation. But something happens that blows out the windows of wherever this is with all these uh, control consoles and so forth. And a few bodies flying around. And this is followed by a scene that... I personally can't get enough of. I don't know if they actually just showed us this first meeting. Well, they probably didn't show us the first meeting because they had to at least make eye contact for the first time. But to have Han and Leia together and Han holding Leia in, Leia does not look happy at all. This looks like a consoling kind of pose to me. That's the only way I can think of it. It looks like just the way Han has his hand on Leia's head and just the expression on her face. Leia is definitely not happy at all, not angry, just looks sad to me. And, oh man, I just seeing the two of them on screen, like you don't see Han Solo's face in this. You can barely tell it's him, but obviously it is him and him holding her. Oh man, that was something that was really, I think, out of all the moments that are, are really neat in this trailer, that is the one that I think affected me the most just seeing the two of them because this is the first time we've seen it i mean yeah we've had han with chewie but we haven't had luke with anyone and we had leia standing you know sort of in the background of the behind the scenes video in san diego comic-con's uh release but this is the first one with two of the major three together and that one took my breath away for even just such a small moment in the whole thing and then we get the last couple of images. We've already seen one of them. It's Finn igniting the lightsaber in the snowy forest at night. And now we see Kylo Ren coming at him, bringing his lightsaber, his broadsaber up. And the two of them are about to throw down. And like a lot of trailers these days, the music has built up, built up, built up to... And then they drop us off the cliff into silence, into a black screen. And we finally get this. Just let it in. And with that, across this great planet of ours, many billions of fanboy tears and fangirl tears were shed and millions of chills were sent up arms and down spines. <laughs> and I got to say, I do miss being at Star Wars Celebration and being able to watch the trailer with 
a room full of hundreds, if not thousands, of fellow Star Wars fans to experience it communally together. I got to experience it tonight in my quiet home here in central New Hampshire. Watched it on streaming Monday Night Football on my mobile device. Still, it's still worth every second of it. But back to the point at hand. The voice is calling to you. Just let it in. Miles Kanata says, and we can presume, or at least we are led to presume, that this whole conversation is happening between her and Ray. Not necessarily with her and Finn, or it could be the both of them, since they are both there. So I think the trailer is probably giving you the implication that it is Ray specifically that she's speaking to, but it certainly could be the both of them, and I think that's where my personal take on it is falling. I think it's got to be with the both of them. Now, that pretty much does it for the trailer, which clocks in as a 2 minute and 30 odd second YouTube video, but it really isn't that because there's also the thing at the end for them previewing other videos on the Star Wars YouTube channel. And then there's, of course, the MPAA green band approved for all audiences note that you get at the beginning. So it's really about a minute and 54 seconds of trailer that we are getting here tonight. <sighs> I'm I'm not quibbling. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I am quibbling a little bit. I wanted more. Of course I wanted more. I wanted the whole darn movie already, but you know, that's something that we're all have to be we're all going to have to be a little bit more patient for. It's not much longer. It's less than 60 days now, so I think we can all hang with that. Can't we? Can't we? Yeah, I think we can. <laughs> After all, we've been waiting 10 years. I think we can wait just a little bit longer. All right, there's another little something interesting about the trailer, and this has to do with rumors and spoilers that were roiling around prior to the trailer's release. There were some folks who were saying that we were going to get an idea of the actual plot of The Force Awakens based on the events of the trailer that were shown. And I guess, you know, I don't think we got the plot, really. I think we have some strong story elements to it, and I think we can piece together a lot of The Force Awakens story right now, but I don't think we've got it beat by beat, and I still think there are a lot of gaping holes in our knowledge at this point. And I'm saying this, of course, from a spoiler-averse perspective. I mean, I've seen some spoilery stuff, and I've also seen some contradictory spoilery stuff, so it's hard to really say. So what I'm going to say next is from a non-spoiler perspective only, and just put together from stuff in the StarWars.com databank and from the three trailers that we've seen as well as the behind-the-scenes video and also some of the Force Awakens stuff, the journey of the Force Awakens stuff that we are getting glimpses of between Shattered Empire and Aftermath and Star Wars Uprising and even the coming Battle of Jakku DLC downloadable content pack from Star Wars Battlefront. It does seem that we have the, you know, the Awakening of the Force being highlighted here with Maz Kanata's voiceover about the Force calling to someone, whether it's Rey or Finn or the both of them, and her asking him, her, them to just let it in. These, of course, seem to be characters on the light side. I mean, it looks like we've got Finn defecting to from the bad guys to the good guys, and then he's going to fight Kylo Ren, who red lightsaber should be a bad guy. I have seen the occasional fan theory that says that Kylo Ren might be the secret hero of The Force Awakens. That would be really trippy, especially when you see him holding Darth Vader's mask saying, I'm going to finish what you started. It doesn't sound like it's a good thing, <laughs> what he's suggesting. But The Force Awakening, as part of The Force Awakens, huh, yeah, what do you know? There's a coincidence in the title. 
uh, or needing to be awoken, I guess, within the characters of either Ray or Finn or both of them. And that's a, a strong point that's coming through. In addition, we still have the elements of the First Order and the Resistance and the fight still going on. But we also have this newly introduced thing about the stories being told about the battle between the Empire and the Rebellion, or at least that's the presumption that the stories are about, and about the dark side of the Force and the light side that Ray doesn't necessarily know about. And did it come from, or should I say, did it uh, happen that way? Is she unaware of these things because Jakku is just so isolated from the rest of the universe that she just doesn't know it? Or is there another situation where the First Order has grown powerful enough that they are expunging the records of what happened at the Battle of Endor the same way that when Palpatine issued Order 66 that he started to wipe out all traces of the Jedi and all records of the Jedi to try and make them forgotten as well. So that's another possibility. And we know there's some Sith action going on. I mean, I know it's already been stated officially by J.J. Abrams that Kylo Ren is not a Sith. So, you know, I don't know what else you would call him looking down at Darth Vader's melted helmet going, I'll finish what you started. I mean, that's kind of Sithy behavior. I mean, I'm telling you. And, of course, Supreme Leader Snoke is a is supposed to be a Sith master of some sort as well. So maybe Kylo isn't a Sith yet, but he's heading down that path. Still don't know. We ultimately have, I think, a few more answers or possibly a few more puzzle pieces in place thanks to this new trailer. But we really still don't have everything. I think we have maybe sort of the the beginning of the movie where we meet Ray and then we meet Finn and the two of them get together and then they're together with Han and Chewie and they have to get off Jakku and so they're off to other places and that includes at least for Finn a Green M Common where Princess Leia is so we know Finn is there for sure and we know they're heading to some forest planet where we see both uh, Finn and Rey and I don't know. I don't know if the forest planet is Takadana, actually, at this point. It certainly could be, but um, there's no indication that it's snowing on that planet. And, of course, if someplace is snowing, then the indication would be that that has to be around Starkiller Base because that's a snowy place. Because, of course, in the Star Wars universe, it's one climatological feature defines the whole planet. <laughs> and maybe they're going to bust that theme for us uh, with The Force Awakens. That would be a welcome change, but... So far, no reason to think that they would do otherwise. But beyond Jakku, we really don't have a sense of the order of the story. We only really know where people go, but not necessarily even in what order people go in. We know that people end up on Takadana at Maz Kanata's castle. We know people end up on Starkiller Base. And we know that wherever the Greenham Common set is, where the Resistance Base is, I'm presuming that's going to be on a different planet than any of the other ones that we've seen. But... That's another place where our characters are going. And yet, we still have a lot to learn. But we only have less than 60 days to <laughs> wait. And tickets are on sale. If you missed the announcement, tickets are now officially on sale. So grab them up. You know, on the one hand, I want to say they're going to sell out immediately. And on the other hand, 
there's so many stories out there of people who are Star Wars fans who are talking to their coworkers and colleagues and other people in their lives who are not as rabid a Star Wars fans as they are, who are practically unaware that there's a new movie coming out yet, which is kind of shocking. But the full-scale mainstream media push hasn't really happened yet. I think this is sort of the opening salvo of it by putting the trailer on Monday Night Football, which has the largest cable TV audience of any other show, and that's across multiple years. So, you know, this might be the official shot across the bow. Force Friday didn't do it. (laughs) I mean, if Force Friday didn't do it, I would have thought nothing could, but maybe this is the thing that's really meant to bring it all home. But if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, whether it's for the movie itself or the Star Wars marathon that's going to happen at select theaters, then head over to SW7X7.com slash Fandango, Fandango, and you can order your tickets online or SW7X7.com slash tickets will get you in the same place. And we're going to wrap this up after a brief message. Hey, Rebel Rouser. If you've got a business that you need to get in front of a bunch of Star Wars fans, then I've got an idea for you. I'm looking for a sponsor to get the entire Star Wars 7x7 team over to London for Star Wars Celebration Europe next July. And we get a ton of exposure when we do Star Wars Celebration podcasts. Not just the regular episodes, but the bonus stuff, and all the in-person stuff too, not to mention all the live streaming video we do. So if that's something of interest to you, then reach out via the contact form at SW7x7.com and let's talk. All right, that's going to do it for our bonus episode of Star Wars 7x7. And I want to thank you very much for tuning in. If you're not one of our regular listeners, I highly encourage you to subscribe to the daily podcast as we will be counting down to The Force Awakens with all sorts of new information. And we will also be tracking the progress of Rogue One as well as Star Wars Episode 8, which is already underway, shockingly. <laughs> shockingly, it is. And we've got so much more to talk about. There's going to be new canon stuff coming out between the novels and the comics and all that stuff, which if you're not a novel or comic person, then you don't have to worry about that because we summarize things nicely and neatly. It is, after all, a seven-minute podcast, so there's only so much we can cover in there, aside from the occasional bonus episode like this one for major events. And we do these bonus episodes for other things like, say, Star Wars Celebration that happened in Anaheim in April and other large announcements that happen around the Star Wars saga. So thank you again for tuning in. Go watch the trailer again. (laughs) I know you want to. I have been dissecting it back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, second by second over the last couple hours, and I'm still not sick of it. So I have a feeling you won't be either. Thanks again for tuning in. Again, I'm your host, Alan Voivod, signing off, wishing you a pleasant good evening wherever you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you impersonate a deity, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if the show's been worth your time, please support us at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not against your programming, it's Destiny Unleashed. podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2015 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!